0: Save your seat now at com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you
1: at the masterclass. When you become in tune with how your energy can be optimized and how the inputs that you're putting into your body impact your energy, and then you choose not to eat foods that make you feel weighed down as often, that's just self-respect.
0: I started this year with a new word of intention, and I love this practice because it sets a stage for how I want my year to feel. So for 2022, I've shared this before, I chose the word vibrant. I wanted to feel my best, be my most vibrant self. And in a year where I was walking into one of the busiest seasons of my career, pursuing that feeling of vibrance was not going to come without intentional work. Part of that work was focusing on my health. Now, I've shared about my health journey on the blog and on the podcast before, but I wanted to dive in deeper into one area that has been so beneficial to me, which is nutrition. I have been privately working with Bridget Tigmeyer, a functional medicine dietitian, and my learning with her has been absolutely amazing. It has been nothing short of life changing. Maybe you've noticed in the way that I show up or the way my skin is glowing or even just my energy in general, but I have really transformed this year. And so in this conversation, we're going to explore her world of health and nutrition, how functional medicine or a dietitian is different from other things. What can happen when an entrepreneur ignores their health and nutrition? And I get really vulnerable about my own nutrition and what I'm learning with Bridget. Like We talk about things that she has never shared before in her personal life, as well as some of my lab results and what we did to test where I was at as a baseline and improve it over time. So, grab a smoothie and let's get into it. I almost made this episode two parts because it is that rich in content, but I want for you to consume it all and be inspired. Here she is, my friend, my dietitian, Bridget Tiggemeyer. If you love listening to the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love the full lineup of business and entrepreneurial focused podcasts on the HubSpot podcast network, like Marketing Made Simple, hosted by Dr. JJ Peterson. Marketing Made Simple brings you practical tips to make your marketing easy and more importantly, make it work. He's got a robust catalog of ready to binge episodes like why your videos aren't engaging customers, an amazing no-cost strategy to get more leads, and how to build your social media content calendar. Listening to Marketing Made Simple wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. I am so excited about today's conversation. And honestly, Bridget, I think we should just make it feel like our phone calls that we do and the gold digger listeners just get to listen in. So first, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So we're going to dive into many different topics today and we're kind of going to go over like how you and I have been working together really since January. But before we do all of that, I want to know a little bit about your backstory. Now I know you, but my listeners might not know you yet. And so I'm just super curious. Can you share a little bit about how you first got into nutrition and health and like, what was that spark that kind of lit the fire for you?
1: Of course, my personal story is the reason that I wake up every morning. So mm. it definitely makes sense to start there. It was really about 17 years ago when I was falling asleep every single second of every day, whether it was when I was eating and sleeping at the same time with my eyes closed or in track and cross-country practice where I'd fall asleep in the grass in between our repeats. And I was also having about 20 to 30 mini seizures per day that would last for about five to 10 seconds. I ended up being diagnosed with an autoimmune neurological condition called narcolepsy that's also a sleep condition, and I have cataplexies that are the mini seizures, or I used to have them before I changed my lifestyle. So I went to the neurologist with my parents because I was just a young teenager, and he, in the appointment, said, here's your diagnosis. We're going to treat you with these medications, and that's the game plan. Pulls out his prescription pad is like, these are my recommendations. And that was, that was it. And my parents said, just seems like these drugs are so new to the market. There's no long-term studies on the safety and we're not opposed to her starting them, but is there anything we can do first to optimize her lifestyle, diet, anything to see if it can help to improve things? And the answer was very clearly no. Somehow my parents still decided to go against that And we worked with a functional medicine doctor, which it wasn't even called functional medicine at the time because it was so long ago. But that was where it started. I went there kicking and screaming. I was like, you are not doctors. You don't know what you're doing. We should just listen to the doctor. I just need the medication. And I ended up going along with everything because my parents were making all the food and doing all the things that the functional medicine doctor was recommending based off of more advanced testing. And within four weeks, it was really clear that it was working. And mm. I started to get bought in. And my mom and I were so excited to go back to the neurologist to tell him about my progress. And he stared at the computer screen the entire appointment and just stated over and over again nutrition has nothing to do with your condition there's no scientific evidence to show that there's any correlation and he was denying the experience my lived experience that i was you know reporting to him that it was helping and he refused to continue seeing me actually he was the only pediatric neurologist so i started seeing an adult neurologist at the age of 16. so that was how it all started and i remember about a year later telling my mom, there has to be a million other people who are just like me, who are going to their doctor, are given a diagnosis. The doctor's pulling out their prescription pad because that's how they're trained. Nothing against any individual doctor, but it's really the the system that's been created that is a disservice to so many people. And I just said to her, there has to be so many other people that are like me whose doctors are telling them nutrition has nothing to do with their condition or their diagnosis, and I want to help those people. And -hmm. that's really what I've dedicated my life to doing, is helping people be able to use nutrition-based interventions to either improve or resolve symptoms, conditions, improve their labs, and improve their relationship with health using a food-as-medicine holistic health approach. Oh my gosh. That's
0: incredible. So did you, after that, was that just your path? Is that how you went through school and education? Like, what did that look like?
1: I did my senior project in high school on food as medicine. Wow. That's so cool. It was crazy because at that time, no one, everyone associated nutrition with calories and weight loss. And I grew up in a household that we didn't have a scale. I didn't even know really what calories were, but I knew from my own experience of removing certain foods that were triggers for me. Gluten was a big one that every time that I eat gluten, it exacerbates all of my neurological symptoms. When I removed gluten, it really helped to resolve the cataplexies that I was having. And I still take medication for the narcolepsy, but it's a very low dose And I'm able to be so much more functional. I just said to my team, actually, two weeks ago, I was like, I think I'd be living in my parents' basement if I had listened to the neurologist that yeah. said, don't change your diet, because there's no research. And then one of the dietitians on my team said, me too, I would be having, you know, I'd be debilitated with joint pain on a daily basis, had I listened to the doctor that I was going to, and we'd be living in our parents' basement together. So, wow. <laughs> so anyways, I did my senior project in high school on food as medicine, decided to study traditional nutrition, headaches in undergrad. And it's very different than my experience in functional medicine because it's much more nutrition science heavy. That's a lot of times industry funded research. That's very much like, here's the food pyramid. Here's how you count calories. Here's how you help people lose weight. But it was a good foundation because there's so much science involved. So I had to take like biochemistry, organic chemistry. It's two classes short of pre-med. So then I went to grad school to study public health nutrition. And then I did about four to five additional years of advanced integrative and functional nutrition and integrative and functional medicine training because I wanted a stronger foundation in the holistic health aspect outside of the, you know, more traditional path that I initially took.
0: I love that. So can you explain for our listeners, what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? And like, how do those two things, you know, differ from one another? Because I think those words often get interchanged.
1: A dietitian could be also a nutritionist. Sometimes I refer to myself as a nutritionist for simplicity's sake. The difference is that a dietitian, they have an actual license to practice. It's called medical nutrition therapy, which is for any person that has a disease. You use nutrition-based interventions to help manage or improve that condition. With nutritionists, it's more of an umbrella term that encompasses a lot of things. You could do a six-month online training and then become a nutritionist. Or you could do, you know, you could get a PhD in nutrition and be called a nutritionist. So nutritionist is very wide ranging with the training and credentials that are required. Whereas a dietitian, you've done your 1,200 hours in clinical rotations in a hospital. You've done your, your graduate courses and your undergraduate courses in nutrition.
0: Okay. And then walk me through the term like functional medicine dietitian, because that also adds a different layer to it.
1: It does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so functional medicine is becoming much more mainstream. There's two main credentialing board certification institutions, the Institute for Functional Medicine and the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy. So I've done both of those and in the Integrative and Functional Nutrition Academy, that's where I got my board certification in Integrative and Functional nutrition. And then the second program through IFM is where a lot of physicians do their training. If they're a traditional physician and they want to get more training in functional medicine, then they go through IFM's advanced practitioner training to get their board certification. Basically just learning the framework of essentially systems biology. That's what functional medicine is. It it trains practitioners to think about systems instead of disease states. So it's Mm -hmm. taking it from the You know, I like to think of it as different specialists are a lot of times looking at the top of your tree at dying off branches where you see like an endocrinologist because you have hormonal imbalances and kind of like a dying off branch here. And then you see a neurologist for cognitive issues because you have a dying off branch here. But no one's really thinking about how all the branches are interconnected And what functional medicine does is it looks at what are the core systems that are out of balance that then lead to these dying off branches upstream or downstream. Mm -hmm. So when you then think about that, there's very core pillars that impact the body and lead to a ton of different diagnoses, blood sugar imbalances or poor metabolic health, hormonal imbalances, mitochondrial dysfunction, chronic inflammation, those are pretty much the the primary in poor gut health. Sorry, it would be the fifth. So we're really looking at the root system. How can we optimize your roots so that then we can create thriving branches? And it's looking at the body in a more connected way than disconnected parts, essentially.
0: That is so helpful. That is a very good description. And the things you were listing, I feel like we're going to talk about some of those in just a little bit (laughs) as they pertain to me. But one thing I would love for you to share a little bit about is like, what is your approach when it comes to nutrition and health with your clients? Because I've gotten to experience it and we'll talk about that. But what is kind of your overall approach and how would you describe it to someone?
1: I describe it as saying that we focus on three primary things. One is improving people's symptoms because so many people don't understand how their food and lifestyle are driving symptoms that they're having, whether it's you know congestion or sinusitis or arthritis or irregular cycles or asthma or so many other aspects. So improving symptoms, labs, because a lot of people's lab imbalances, Are driven by poor nutrition. And when I say poor nutrition, you could feel like you're eating really healthy, but it might not be what's healthy for you. So improving symptoms, labs, and then relationship with health. We focus on those three things. And we do that with basically an approach that encompasses food as medicine, using food to fuel our cells, where you're infusing your cells with micronutrients, antioxidants, and all of the key Biochemical inputs that the body needs to really thrive. Then we use personalized nutrition as the second layer, thinking about what actually is best for you, not let's have you follow this ketogenic diet that your neighbor swears by or, you know, this. uh, this other diet that someone else wears by, like, what does your genetics, your microbiome, your blood, your urine, what is that telling us about your personal needs? And then we use holistic health practices because, you know, it's not just about nutrition. If you really want to optimize how you feel and community and coaching support, because I truly believe that people do not heal in isolation they heal in community. They heal Mm. when they're around other people who are also invested in their health, who are also thinking about the quality of the foods that they're putting into their body that continue to motivate them to stay consistent with their changes. And so we really layer those four aspects in food as medicine, personalized nutrition, holistic health, and then the coaching and community support.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. And you do actually do all of those things. So
1: (laughs) job well done.
0: Okay. So before we dive into specifics, one thing that I think is really important to know is you work with a lot of high performers. You work with a lot of achievers. Most people listening to this show, especially entrepreneurs, sometimes put their health in the back seat. And so where should an entrepreneur begin when we think about like evaluating their health and getting started on a new path with whatever that looks like, just in terms of like a holistic approach for entrepreneurship?
1: It's so important. We work with, we do programming for Fortune 500 companies and other corporations. And I would say executives and entrepreneurs are Sometimes the least likely to prioritize their health and also the category of people where it's the most important because Mm -hmm. when you have a lot of responsibilities, you have to be in the best state of health. And I believe that that is a competitive advantage for any entrepreneur. And frankly, even any person that's just trying to be the best mom they can be or the best spouse that they can be or whatever energetically you are called to do in your life, you cannot show up fully if you aren't prioritizing your health. And and we see this on a statistical level with the fact that 6 in 10 adults have at least one chronic disease, that 88% of Americans have poor metabolic health, that more than 33% have prediabetes. And a lot of times we'll talk to people who say, oh, I don't have diabetes or heart disease, so I think I'm doing pretty okay. And the Mm -hmm. truth is that the baseline in America is poor metabolic health. And a lot of times you don't even realize it because maybe your labs aren't as in-depth and it's hard to detect that that actually is happening. But on a deeper level, if you have poor metabolic health, your capacity to actually generate energy in your cells is – at a lower threshold. So you're working harder to actually show up in the place that you want to be in your life. And it also impacts your emotional resilience. So what we see in a lot of the entrepreneurs and executives that we work with is they think they're signing up for our programs to lose weight and to lower their blood pressure or their blood sugar. And what they find is that the huge benefit that they get is Fewer mood swings, less anxiety, less depression, better emotional resilience to stress. And then you have a higher capacity to take on more without feeling overly reactive to that. So I would say that if you are an entrepreneur or someone that is trying to just show up in your greatest capacity figuring out small ways to start to prioritize your health is absolutely essential. It's not something that you should think of as an elective, you know, like, Oh, maybe one day I'll, I'll care about losing 10 pounds. It's not about the 10 pounds. It's actually about living the life that you want to the absolute fullest.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That is a perfect segue into how we connected and what it has looked like. So I'll share a little bit and then we can talk about working together. So after I had Quinn, I really recognized like this year is going to require a lot of stamina. So exactly what Bridget was just talking about in terms of like energy. And I wanted to move through this year and feel good. And I knew that with the book coming out that there was just going to be like a way higher need for me to move through my days with the right amount of energy and Bridget kind of like you, I never had narcolepsy, but I have always really struggled with like exhaustion. Even as a kid, my mom and I were just talking about it recently. And I used to have a blanket and a pillow in one of my teacher's like back offices. And every day I would have to go nap. And my mom was like, I never even like realized that, but like, I have always just been a very tired person. And so thinking about like the toll that this year could have had on me, I was like I really have to prioritize my health in an extreme way in ways that I haven't done before. And so, before I got pregnant with Quinn, I did something called Levels and I shared it on Instagram. You might have seen it. It's a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor. And I ended up doing it again after I had Quinn because I wanted to see how my body was metabolizing what I was eating. And for me and Bridget, I don't know if you come across this often. But specifically for me, I need to know exactly how what I do impacts my body personally for it to land. So you could tell me all of the generalized health information in the world. I know a lot of it. I've always been aware of a lot of it. But until I actually see how something impacts me personally, it is very hard for me to take action on it. So When we went through our miscarriages, I did a bunch of different testing. I have a whole blog post about all the different blood work and labs that I did. And we discovered that I was super highly sensitive, almost borderline allergic to gluten. And as soon as I knew that, I literally that day cut gluten out of my life. Like it was like, okay, this is telling me this. And now it's a lot easier for me to change. And so in January, so about a month and a half after I had Quinn I did levels again, which I should disclaim, I am an investor. Bridget, are you an investor in levels too? I'm an investor in levels too. We are. Boom. Look at us. (laughs) I love what they do. I love the company. I love everything about what they're trying to do to make certain things like CGMs more accessible to everyone. And so when I was doing levels this time around, something popped up in the app and it was like, review your results with a nutritionist and Bridget popped up. And sure enough, I went to pull up her profile and she followed me. So talk a little bit about that. And then we can talk about what we did
1: together. Okay. Yes. So the night that you messaged me, I died.
0: (laughs) I love it. Because
1: I was so excited. I had been listening to your podcast for so long. And I remember when you reached out, I said, I want to help you in any way that I can because you have helped me in ways that you don't even know. And that was specific to my personal health journey that I went through last year Well, I've been going through this whole past year Mm -hmm. that I haven't shared publicly until now. (laughs) Johnny and I got pregnant last year. And when I was pregnant, I was binging the gold digger podcast and I was listening to your episode about your miscarriages, specifically when you went in for your appointment and they did the ultrasounds and there was no heartbeat. And you had talked about how you didn't know that that was possible. You always assumed that you just miscarried if you lost the heartbeat. And that was also something that I wasn't aware of. So fast forward to my eight-week follow-up. I was about eight and a half weeks pregnant. And the nurse practitioner is, you know, talking about our plan for the pregnancy and is so excited. And her face is, you know, so happy and she's doing the ultrasound, and her face just went blank. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but I'm not seeing a heartbeat. And, uh, that was a year ago. I thought that I had given myself enough time that I wouldn't be emotional sharing the story. But it was one of those things where had I not listened to your podcast and heard your story, you know, I, I've worked in healthcare. I worked at one of the best hospitals in the world for five years. And even with that, didn't know that 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 was possible. And actually now that I realized in talking to other women, very common had I not heard your story on your podcast, I wouldn't have gone into that appointment knowing that that was an option. And when Johnny and I were walking our dog the morning before the appointment, I said to him, I just want you to know that there's potential that we walk into this appointment and we don't have a heartbeat. And he said, why be so negative? Don't be negative. And I said, I'm not. I just want you to know that it's an option in case it happens because I don't want you to be sideswiped if it does. And I feel like us going into that appointment was, we went into the appointment more prepared emotionally that it felt possibly less traumatic than it would have been had I not listened to your podcast and your own personal vulnerable story and willingness to share your experience. It made it, I believe, less traumatic and So when you reached out to me, that was the first thing that I told you is, you know, I've never spoken to you personally, but this is how you absolutely saved my life last year. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it.
0: You know the phrase easy as pie, right? Well, anyone who's actually made a pie from scratch, from the buttery, flaky crust to the perfectly sweet filling, knows that making pies is, in fact, very difficult. But you know what is easy? Integrating, automating, and scaling your business with HubSpot. The HubSpot CRM platform seamlessly transforms customer data into usable insights. Like, what's the average time it takes to respond to a customer service request? And how can we get better at it? The HubSpot service hub brings all your data and support channels into one place so your team can spend less time hunting for information and more time delighting your customers. Plus, seamless connectivity with marketing and sales hubs means every person on your team has a crystal clear picture of your customer. It's easy as HubSpot. Learn how HubSpot can make it easier for your business to grow better at HubSpot.com. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. You know, it's crazy because there's a story, a chapter in my book called What Brooke Shields Doesn't Know. And it's literally about the power of our stories and how they can change somebody's life and. When you and I connected, I was like, okay, we're in this together. Like, (laughs) You're going to help me and I'm going to help you. And we're going to work through all of this together because it is the worst club in the world, but a club that so many women are a part of. And it's something that you just don't understand until you experience it. And so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing that piece of connection, because I also think that it helps us go even deeper in our relationship, yours and mine but also in understanding the complexity of women's relationships with their bodies, right? Did that Mm -hmm. experience transform your relationship with your body?
1: It did at first, probably in, in a negative way, because it was really, I just felt like my body had failed me. And I was, I think that an important takeaway that I've had is I was checking all the boxes when it comes to, you know, nutrition and exercise. And you can still be checking all the boxes and have things that happen that are out of your control. So I think initially probably it was a negative impact on my relationship with my body, but ended up becoming a lot more positive and something that I've been able to turn into taking an even greater level of ownership of my health and thinking about, my body as a way to bring a child into the world in the future. Hopefully that motivates me even more to, to try to continue to invest in my health and to eat well and to move because of all of the research that we know that substantiates how that affects the future health of, of a child.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you came into my life while well, we entered each other's lives formally at a very you know, interesting time. And I was just coming out of postpartum. And so do you want to kind of walk through some of the things that we did together in terms of labs and what we were looking into? And then we can kind of walk through some of the changes because I can say you should be so proud of me probably are because I just have never one been this consistent or this committed like this is, you know, months and months and months later since our initial meeting. But I also just like totally changed over the course of this year. And so it's really exciting to kind of talk back to the beginning.
1: I am beyond proud of you. It's so amazing to see one, you're a New York Times bestselling author <laughs> and watching your book launch and knowing the energetic requirements of doing, you know, when you'd be texting me, like, oh, yeah, I have. 10 interviews today. (laughs) I mean, I don't, if people don't do podcasts, that might be hard to realize how much energy that really demands of a person, especially someone who used to take naps in their teacher's room. Yes, You are exuding vibrance when I see you on your social media. And when I saw you on Good Morning America, like there is just something about your vibe that is like at a higher level than I've ever seen you before. Truly.
0: It is, you know, what's crazy is that I, now I'm like looking back and I'm like, imagine what I could have done if I had this energy a decade ago, you know, but we can only move forward. But just imagine, because it's like, I think I've had this huge realization of like, I didn't even know what it felt like to feel this good. And if I had known, who knows? Can't go backwards, but it's a good wake up call in that when you think about what we were talking about earlier with entrepreneurs, how health often becomes like the last thing I'm like, Whoa, like one, I don't know how I got all the things done that I got done having very little energy. And two, I'm like, now I just want to move forward with this energy because it transforms everything. It's insane. Mm
1: -hmm. For sure. So those were your initial goals was to feel vibrant and energized to support your metabolic health. And you wanted to create a routine that helps you stay on track when you were going through the busy season and then to reduce emotional eating. Mm -hmm. So where we started was with your health history form that you filled out. That was it's about 10 pages that tells me all about your history of antibiotic use and any proton pump inhibitors and previous diets that you've tried and what's worked and what hasn't worked and, you know, a lot of different questions about your overall health. And then we decided to, you had already been using the continuous glucose monitor through levels. So we reviewed that information and then we decided to go ahead and order a more comprehensive conventional panel that looked at your are vitamin D, your cholesterol, iron, fasting glucose, fasting insulin, thyroid, all of these things that are very important, especially thinking about the nutrient toll that pregnancy can have on a woman's body. There's a lot of nutrients that are needed at higher levels when you're pregnant, especially in your, your third trimester. Also, when you're giving birth, you are losing iron and blood a lot of times. So that impacts things. Thyroid, it takes a big toll as well. Pregnancy can be very stressful on the thyroid. So it's helpful to get a baseline, a post pregnancy baseline to know where. What you're working with. And then we also did an organic acids test to look for more in depth micronutrient deficiencies because that is something that I see so often being hard for women to recover and feel like themselves because of having deeper nutrient deficiencies like B vitamins in particular that can really drive energy and mood very low. So that's where we started. And I really wanted to look specifically at your fasting insulin because it was so interesting. I know that you were also dumbfounded by it. That you're dumbfounded. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Literally, I was like, what is happening?
1: (laughs) So Jenna could like eat a cookie and her CGM data that's looking at her glucose over time continuously that she would wear on the back of her arm to measure that it would only go up like 10 points now if i were to compare it to someone else that you know i've worked with hundreds of people using continuous glucose monitors and if i were to compare it to others you know they eat a cookie and their blood sugar goes up 60 points and they're like oh i can't believe just one cookie does that to me Mm -hmm. jenna's over here like she could eat five cookies and her blood sugar is maybe going up (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) like 20 points (laughs) so that was very perplexing it was very weird (laughs) That can happen after pregnancy, where there's just a, a disconnect, basically, where where it changes your insulin production. But what I suspected was that what can happen is that sometimes people's fasting insulin will be high, but their glucose levels haven't been influenced by that. And that's because so every time that you eat, your blood sugar will go up and specifically when you're eating carbohydrate containing foods. So when your blood sugar goes up, it's in your that's sugar in your bloodstream and it needs to be transported into your cells. So there's Insulin that's produced by your pancreas, it's a hormone, and insulin picks the glucose up in your blood and it carries it into your cells. It's like a bus driver. Sometimes what can happen is that people will be overproducing insulin in order to keep their glucose levels under control and typically fasting insulin or insulin resistance will occur about six to seven years before a person actually reaches a point that their blood sugar levels are very high and out of control because their body's overcompensating and overproducing insulin in order to keep their blood sugar normal. And that was what was happening with you. So I felt like it was really important for us to get the fasting insulin because even though it looked like when you ate a cookie, your blood sugar only went up 10 points, Underneath the surface, your body's overproducing insulin, which, by the way, is a pro-inflammatory fat storing hormone that you want to be able to keep as low as possible in order to improve, honestly, your lifespan and your overall metabolic health, decreasing your risk of cardiovascular disease and pretty much every leading cause of death. So when we looked at your fasting insulin, it made a lot more sense because what I suspected was that it was elevated, which it turned out it was. And that was why we weren't seeing the the impact in your blood sugar right away.
0: Yeah. So what did we, so share more, yeah, about what we did next.
1: So the things that we focused on primarily were improving insulin sensitivity The goal for fasting insulin is between two to six and Jenna's was, do you care if I share what your number was? No, not at all. Okay. (laughs) Jenna's was a 13.9. So we wanted to decrease that. The second goal was to decrease inflammation because we looked at a marker called high sensitivity C reactive protein, which is HSCRP. And the goal for that is less than 0.9 in order to not have a lot of underlying chronic inflammation. Your levels were just above normal at 1.3, so we wanted to bring those just down slightly. And underneath the surface, we also looked at your omega-3s and your omega-6s. Now, omega-3s are extremely important for decreasing inflammation. They're also very important for if you're a person that's thinking about getting pregnant. They're also extremely important for cognitive development of a child. So, Thinking about the omega-3s, we looked at your omega-3 level and that was a bit low. And then your omega-6 to omega-3 ratio, which can increase inflammation levels, was high. So we wanted to bring that ratio down, decreasing your omega-6 intake that can be found in a lot of vegetable oils primarily, and then increasing your omega-3s so that we were able to naturally bring down overall levels of inflammation. And then the third thing we looked at was increasing your protein intake because protein is so important for supporting breastfeeding, for supporting recovery. Those amino acids are critical. They're actually given to patients often in the hospital in various forms to help to improve, like wound healing and those sorts of things. They're very important for recovery and then also supporting metabolic health, metabolism, and lean body mass, which helps you build strength. And most people don't realize that building lean body mass also helps with improving insulin sensitivity. So a lot of times people just think about improving lean body mass as, oh, I'm trying to lose weight and I want to physically look better. But underneath the surface, it's actually also very important for decreasing your risk of prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and other complications. So then the last thing that we looked at was your micronutrient deficiencies because so many micronutrients are essential for supporting breastfeeding, again, supporting recovery for the mom, supporting mitochondria, which are the powerhouse of your cells, and then supporting uh, metabolic health. So we looked at the insulin sensitivity, decreasing inflammation, increasing protein, and reducing micronutrient deficiencies that had come up for Jenna to help with improving her ability to feel vibrant and energized and continue breastfeeding and supporting Quinn with the essential nutrients that Quinn needs as well. So some of the nutrients that came up that she had a higher need for were a few B vitamins, some plant-based antioxidants that can help also to decrease inflammation coq10 alpha lipoic acid magnesium and manganese and the reason that i want to just highlight this is because most people you know think of just nutrition as counting calories or macronutrients and it's so much deeper than that micronutrients are a great example of the power that nutrition can really have when you're able to get your your levels in check We did a lot of work, didn't we? I'm sorry. Then (laughs) lastly, lastly, we worked on your gut health. That was the fifth. So we worked on your gut health because Mm -hmm. having a healthy gut microbiome is very important while breastfeeding. It actually, your microbes can impact the taste of your breast milk, which impacts taste preferences for the baby that are developing at a very young age and the gut microbiome of the baby. So, and then also Jenna's recovery too. So we worked on those five Mm -hmm. key areas. And even though it sounds like, wow, that's so many things, like how did you do it all at once? A lot of times the interventions have synergistic effects on the different categories that we were working on. So it's not like there's five Mm -hmm. different protocols that she's following. We combine it all into one. And that's the beauty of thinking of the body as one interconnected organism, because we know that gut health impacts metabolic health. We know that metabolic health impacts hormones. We know that micronutrient deficiencies impact metabolic health. We know that increasing protein impacts insulin sensitivity. So it's all very interconnected and then feels less overwhelming when it comes to the execution. (laughs) Or hopefully you fall like that.
0: You know, it's so crazy because I was like thinking about getting to talk to you today and I was like laughing cuz yesterday I was I had 6 interviews yesterday and I like brought a can of tuna and some avocado mayo to the office and a thing of bone broth and like just all these like different things where I was like I just I really had to transform how I thought about everything but also to like you even told me at one point we were like we need to like retrain your taste buds like if you crave certain things, like we have to like reset. And like, I just didn't believe that was possible. (laughs) But I trusted the plan. But it's like, something that I think is really important to talk about is like, I have tried so many different things over the years. And I was so focused on like the what and the how like the what was maybe lose weight or, you know, fit into a certain dress or whatever it was. And the how was always these, interesting methodologies, whether it was a different diet or a different exercise thing. And I think that the reason why it finally stuck, especially for this year was because my why was really strong, right? Like, I want to be an incredible mom. And I want to stay nursing my baby even through the chaos of launching a book. And I want to get this book into as many hands as I possibly can. And I want to show up energized and inspiring and For the first time in my adult life, my why was so undeniably strong that it anchored me to consistency, which is something that I've really struggled with in the past. And so I think, you know, it's beautiful because like working with you was such a holistic approach of like, you know, how do we support your body and how do we support Quinn and how do we support your energy and all these things. But I also think for somebody listening to this, And you're like, you know, I've tried all these things in the past and it never worked. That to me signifies that like you were too focused on the what and the how and your why wasn't aligned. And like, even when Bridget and I first started talking, like I was never like, I need to fit into my pre-pregnancy jeans or like, I need to look good on camera. It was, I need to like energetically show up at a level that I've never showed up at. And so I don't know, I just wanted to bring that up. Because, you know, Bridget, we you and I talked about like, I'm a very emotional eater. And I get really like frustrated with myself when I don't follow through. And like, there's a lot of emotions around health for me. And I think that's true for a lot of people. And so, you know, I think it's a great differentiator too for people listening who have struggled to prioritize themselves or their health and are sitting kind of in a pile of shame, like I've sat before, that like your why, like what is like the true why, not just like the surface level why. Because as we've talked about, like there's so many things with health that stay surface level, just like my book. It's like we want to dive deep. We want to go deeper and get past the surface. And I think that's a big thing that will help you stay committed.
1: A hundred percent. And the other thing that you do very well is you give yourself grace. So mm-hmm. even though you have a strong why and you've been able to be consistent, you aren't striving for perfection. No, nope, I am not.
0: <laughs> I, <Jenna's- laughs> I have learned a long time ago that that's not possible. You know, and it's funny too, because I was gonna tell you this, Bridget, but I was, we were at my parents for the 4th of July and my dad just said, hey, you look really good. Like you look like you're feeling really good. And And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, honestly, like, so much like 90% of my changes this year are food related and i was like i used to be someone who just tried to work out harder and and i don't enjoy working out that much like some people love it it's like their release like i do it more out of guilt than enjoyment for a lot of my life and i was like isn't it funny dad that like for so many years, I just like thought I needed to like work out harder, but like truly the biggest change for me has been food and not just how I eat it, but how I look at it. And I think that's been like a huge eye opener for me.
1: Agreed. And in a way that's different maybe than before, because I kept saying, we need to make sure that you're getting enough calories and carbohydrates in your diet because this postpartum phase when you're breastfeeding, when you're especially in that first six months, under eating and, you know, eating basically no carbohydrates in your diet. Those are both forms of hormetic stressors. So a hormetic stressor is this idea of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that can be beneficial to some extent, but not when you're already going through the stress of being post-pregnancy and breastfeeding. You really need to make sure that you're nourishing your body And I kept saying, like, we need to make sure that you're getting more calories because also you are expending more calories with breastfeeding. So I think that it never was about restriction, which also changes things as well. Because a lot of times when people restrict, it leads to emotional eating. Yes. If you can eat more in the first half of the day and to front load your calories, that also can help with decreasing emotional eating later on in the day because the emotional eating a lot of times will be you're more susceptible to when your tank is empty and then you're like I want everything mm-hmm. I want the chips and the cookies this physiologically happens to anyone regardless of how much they know about nutrition because your body is literally driving you to want to eat
0: mhm one thing that you taught me that I have really leaned on so much is like there are optimal foods and less optimal foods. And even changing the language around like cheat meals or like bad foods or things like that. And it's so funny too, because it's like as parents, like we have this really high level of awareness of like how we speak about food to cocoa and like how we talk about how like green foods make her strong and orange foods help her eyes and like all these things. But like as adults, we still like to label foods a certain way. And I, I, have really appreciated that because, you know, there are nights where I eat less optimally, but then it's like, okay, then the next day I need more help. And honestly, Drew and I were talking, we were with some friends this weekend and had a few drinks. And after that weekend, I was like, you know what, I'm actually just kind of done drinking. Like, I was like, I didn't drink much at all throughout getting ready to launch my book because I really started to pay attention to how it made me feel. And I was like, I have nothing against alcohol I think it's fun, you know, and we have never been big drinkers. But at the same point, too, after that weekend, I was like, I would have had just as much fun had I not drank. And I don't like the way it makes my body feel. And I feel like through the work that we've done specifically this year, I'm just so much more aware of what certain foods and even alcohol does to my energy and does to my state. And like, I am still in this place where I just want to energetically feel good. Like I, (laughs) during my book launch, like the girls weren't sleeping great. I would be up at five in the morning. I like never took naps. I was energized all day. I would do 10 interviews. I would go home and chase the kids. And like, I was just like, this is a whole different level of living. And I don't want to go backwards. And so it's just been really interesting to look at even how my relationship with my body has changed in that I'm listening to it more. And I'm also like letting it guide me into ways that help me to live a more optimal lifestyle.
1: Oh, I love that you just said that because it's a higher state of consciousness. I think it's easy to think that removing foods from your diet is toxic diet culture, But when you become in tune with how your energy can be optimized and how the inputs that you're putting into your body impact your energy, and then you choose not to eat foods that make you feel weighed down as often, that's just Mm self-respect and a higher state of consciousness that allows you to just vibrate on a higher level like you have. That's why we talk about in the program that we, in the programs that I run, that we improve people's symptoms labs in relationship with health, because the relationship with health comes to be less rigid and controlling when you do exactly what you're talking about. When you listen to your body, when you question, does this, is this really worth having? Does this really make me feel good? Because that changes everything
0: hmm. One thing that's been really interesting for me, too, is like, we have gone down a biohacking rabbit hole, which I'll save that for a totally different episode. But for me, like that was something that was just really fascinating to me. And in a season where I was so focused on energy, it like really transformed how I was looking at different things and like understanding things. Drew and I just drove down to Minneapolis for the weekend and we listened to like a two and a half hour episode about health on a podcast. And like, I was like, this is just also like a different way that him and I are connecting. Like we're super aligned in that. And I know I'm so grateful to have like a partner that supports that as well. And that has also been like a challenging place in the past because Drew is so focused on health. And I always felt like the one who couldn't follow through. And like, I always felt like people would talk about him and his health. And so it would be like, why do I even try? Because that's just his thing. It's not like people are saying, Drew, why aren't you as good of an entrepreneur as Jenna is? But I always felt like people would bring up his body or his health. And to me, it was always like, you know, what's the point of even trying? That's just his thing. It's never going to be my thing. But one thing that's been so eye opening and something I didn't expect is like a different level of connection between him and I where we are very aligned in just like protocols that we're doing or you know if we decide to drop alcohol like both of us will do it together and like I think that's been such a blessing in disguise and something that I totally didn't expect on this journey.
1: There's a lot there, but that is uh, so many great nuggets that, because I think that it's easy when you feel like things aren't working, that it basically pulls you into this place of why even try. And then you think that you're not getting results because it's not working, but it's also because you're only trying 50% of the time because you feel like you're not getting the results that you otherwise would. And so for you, I mean, I'm sure that that helps to even improve your relationship to, to be able to do that together and to feel good about yourself, and you know, continuing to support your health, and that is such a critical piece of longevity. You know, continuing to support one another throughout the years and decades of marriage, so that eventually you're able to to live to a very healthy, long life, and to do that together because you're investing in those choices that make you feel good on a daily basis, but then also translate to living to 100 years old and not having debilitating health at the end of your life. Now, of course, those things can always happen, but it significantly decreases the chances of that happening. So it does make a huge difference. I experienced that with Johnny too. I feel so grateful that he is very interested in health as well because It does make it a lot easier. And if people don't have that support from their spouse, this is why I think that it's helpful to find someone in your community, at your church, in your gym, you know, in coaching programs, because that's how you can exude a higher level of health that then ends up impacting the people around you because people have to see you transform in order for them to start to be like, "Oh, what are you doing? What you look so good. Yes. It seems like that's working for you." And so a lot of times I've seen people nag their spouse to say, "Oh, what, like we you have to be doing this, stop eating that, try to go to the gym." And instead, it can be so much more empowering to say to just lead by example. And eventually, yeah. a lot of times people end up following so that you're able to build that community around you.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. We could go on for 18 hours. So I'm thinking we're going to need to do a part two and maybe we can do it at the end of the year as we move into next year and see what the word of the year will be then. (laughs) But I've definitely lived in the word vibrant Bridget. Tell everyone where they can find you, connect with you, learn more about you, your programs, your offerings, give us all the places.
1: So you can find me on my website is beingbridget.com. And it's also our program website is myfoodishealth.com. That's my food F O O D, is health.com. And that's where we house our VIP one on one coaching programs where you can work with one of my functionally trained dietitians. Our My Food is Health program, that's our community group program that we run three times a year and look at nutrient deficiency testing and focus on optimizing metabolic health. And you can find me on social media where I am at being Bridget. My name is spelled Rigid with the B at the front of it. It's Irish. (laughs) I love it. It's Irish.
0: (laughs) Bridget, thank you so much for your support and love. And I have just loved working with you. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you in so many ways and in so many aspects of life. So just thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the Gold Digger podcast today.
1: Jenna, thank you. There's not a lot of women that are as supportive as other women in the way that you are. And I really, really appreciate you.
0: I am definitely going to be having Bridget come back on the show, maybe around the new year as we talk about how I want to walk through the year of 2023. And I am going to be doing all of my labs over again to kind of see where my body is at and how I can best support it in this next stage of life and business. I hope that by peeling the curtain back, it just kind of shares what access I have as an entrepreneur and how I am prioritizing my health in this season. Like I said in the interview, This is something that I wish I would have done many years ago. I can't even imagine what I could have accomplished having this level of energy, but I'm also just grateful that I was able to do it in this season of life as a mom, as a mom of two with someone who has a book coming out, like all of these different things. Better late than never. However, if you are listening to this episode and you recognize that you are struggling to prioritize your health or you're not even sure where to begin, I hope that there is some really good information in here to help you really evaluate how your health impacts everything in your life, your work, your relationships, your energy, everything. I'm so grateful for partners like Bridget on my own health journey. And I hope that this episode was enlightening and inspiring. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you so much for pressing play on another episode of the podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast.